You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. If you're looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, then you are in the right place. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast, and it's very, very cool to have you tuning in to our second series of episodes about email marketing, such a huge e-commerce topic. In today's episode, I'm talking to Jessica about post-purchase email campaigns. Why are we starting at the end of the customer journey? Well, because the biggest impact of all last year's changes on email marketing was a focusing in on post-purchase email campaigns. Why were so many of you out there doing that? Two reasons, I think. One, because a great post-purchase email campaign can keep customers happy whilst you try and get their order to them. And secondly, because a great post-purchase email campaign is the key step in getting the second order from all those new customers you picked up with the huge surge in online ordering last year and, quite frankly, this year too. In today's episode, Jessica's going to share with you exactly how to go about building your post-purchase campaign, what to, what research to do, how to trigger it, who to send it to what dynamic content to use. She really does break it all down really, really clearly. We're just about to meet her, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Clavio will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with email marketing expert Jessica Tatillo Costa. Jessica's been in e commerce for even longer than me. That's over 20 years. She's owned and run her own multi six figure bricks and mortar boutique. She spent six years running a seven figure online store. And now she's the Clavio girl, building out clever, effective, game changing sequences for her happy clients. Hello, Jessica. Hello, Chloe. Thank you so much for having me. It is, as it always is, very cool um, to be catching up with you. But something I've never asked you before is how you ended up in email marketing. Oh, yeah. So, well, I've been doing email marketing for as long as I've email marketing has been a thing, I guess, really, right? Just coming from the retail space. But in the last few years, the company that I used to work for, we couldn't do social advertising because it was against their terms of service. Our number one channel was email. And so I had no choice but to really dig in deep to that channel and figure out what worked. And so that's probably where I really honed like my skill set in email and just fell in love with it, to be honest. It is one of those channels where the more layers you peel back, the more cool it becomes. Yes, exactly. And you're never done testing, honestly, which I know nobody wants to hear that because you want to get to a place where it's like set it and forget it. But there's so much power in the testing and so much that you can learn. So I just really dug into it and tested a bunch of things. And 
I feel like now I'm at a place where like, okay, I know that this is what works. And I kind of start with that as my baseline um, and then continue to iterate on top of that. So we are here to talk about post-purchase email campaigns today, which is often kind of the last stone that gets unturned in the email optimization plan. But something which, as I said in the intro, a lot of people have been focusing on in the last 12 months because they're like, oh my God, we've got a post-purchase problem, i.e. people are having to wait a long time for orders, or they've got a post-purchase opportunity because they've got so many customers they now can't afford to to excuse it. So what for you, because I think people get a bit confused with what they're supposed to do with a post-purchase campaign. So where does it start for you when you're looking at someone's post-purchase campaign? For sure. So I like to frame it. There's kind of two ways I like to frame it is one, I want to remind you that just because you made the sale doesn't mean your work is done. Especially when you get that first sale, um, that is the hardest one to get, but it's almost as hard to get the second one too. And the other thing I like to think about is what does the customer need to know and understand in order to have a good experience with your product and come back to leave a positive review and purchase from you again. So that's kind of the mindset that I get in initially when I'm thinking about what does this particular company need in their post-purchase series. Okay, so it's with those twin goals of review and buy. Exactly. And what sort of things might we therefore want to put in the post-purchase sequence? Yes. So, of course, you're going to have your order confirmation, your shipping confirmation, right? Those should all automatically be sent from your um, e-commerce provider. You mentioned about everything that's kind of happened in 2020 and the delays in shipping and all of that. I just want to touch on that for one second as well in that the biggest source of customer complaints is unmet expectations. So use those automated emails because they are going to get the most opens ever to really communicate whatever it is that's going on in your business at the time and just let the customer know. Um, Even if you have it on your website already, don't assume that they read it. Just You can't repeat that stuff too much. So put it in those automated emails update it regularly. I know we don't want to have to update things all the time, but like if you give them a poor experience, they're not going to come back. So it's worth that extra effort. So you've got those. But in addition to that, you want to craft a post-purchase experience for the customer. So think about your particular product. And like I said, what does the customer need to know and understand to have a good experience with it? And that could be education around how to use your product, how to care for your product, what someone can expect from your product. And if you're not sure what that should be, I have a couple places you can go and a couple stories as well to help kind of illustrate this. So the first thing I want you to do is go look at your negative product reviews. And something that happened to me in my previous job, we had this particular product that we were selling. It was new and hot in the industry. Like it was getting rave reviews. Everybody was loving it. It was amazing. And we were getting crappy product reviews on it. 
and all these customer service inquiries about it. And what we figured out is it was actually user error because we didn't do a good enough job of telling the customer how to actually use it to have a good experience because there was a learning curve. And so what we ended up doing is for that particular product is, you know, it's all on the product page, but that doesn't mean anyone read it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many of us receive a product through the post? Right? So it's not, it's almost certainly not the same day we ordered it. And then the first thing we do is we go back to the product page to read a description. We just don't do it, do we? No, we definitely don't. So what we ended up doing is we crafted this whole email after the customer received it to tell them and show them how to use it. Um, and that was, you know, through video and written content and all of this good stuff to help them. And then we saw the turn in less return requests, better product reviews. So it really was that user error part. So I would look at your negative reviews and talk to your customer service team, right? Because they're the ones that are like one-on-one -on -one chatting with your customers on a regular basis. And they're going to really know and understand the experience that the customer is having. I'm going to add something in there about talking to the customer service team, because something which I found when I've worked client side is that the customer service team love to solve problems. You know, they see it as their job to solve the customer's problem and to give the customer an experience. They do not think it's their job to tell you about the problems they're having. <laughs> so I yeah. went, when I was working for a retailer, I sat in on calls and things came up and I went, oh, yeah, we can solve that. And like the following day, the problem was fixed and never came up again. But it'd been going on for six months and the customer service team were really proud because they were able to deal with customers who had the problem and solve it for them. I was like, why don't we just erase the problem? So... <laughs> Do not assume that just because customer services haven't told you about something that there aren't things going on. Yes, exactly. And for them, right, their job is to solve it without having to bother you. Exactly. They don't want to bother you for every little thing. And they may not even realize that there's actually a way to eliminate it, like you said. And so you have to give them permission to give you that feedback. And you do that just by asking them. So once you've kind of done that, and I want to, we'll get into a little bit of some cool ways that you can do this, because I know you're probably thinking, well, I have a really wide product assortment. How am I supposed to like create an email for every single product? But I've got yep. a trick for you there. <laughs> um, but I also like to think about how else can I create community with my customers through this post-purchase email. So aside from the education piece, and this is going to depend how much of yourself, you know, or the founder is kind of in the business, but I also like to do a personal email from the founder to say thank you when they make their first purchase. And I always will make this look like they sat down at their desk and wrote it. So no fancy images or formatting or anything like that. Just make it look text-based. And it seems like it doesn't mean anything, right? Like it's not going to make a difference. Like, oh, this is kind of stupid. Why would I do this? Because the customer wants to feel connected to who they're giving their money to. And 
I think it's always been this way, but it's especially prominent now is people buy from people. And so if you can infuse more of yourself into the business, you are going to be light years ahead of any of those big people that you are trying to compete against because the big guys can't create that kind of relationship. Yeah, it's so true. People just, they want that connection. There's a there's a brilliant company um, in Vienna, I think they're based, called Paper Republic, who make uh, stationery. And I ordered some stationery from them because I made these really lovely leather notebook covers. And they have a brilliant post-purchase sequence, which features members of the team. It's kind of, it's almost like the entire sequence is is partly set up to stop you complaining that your product hasn't yet arrived <laughs> you know so you get we'll let you know when it goes to the distributor and then there's like right. it's like it's gone to the distributor it's not our fault now <laughs> you know it's, kind of like, it's not quite there's a probably, probably being too mean there but they've also got great videos in there like you said of the educational element and it's it's brilliant to see the people and to see the person who's showing you how to use the product and all the rest of it. And, you know, as a marketer, I'm going, that's really cool. I feel more connected with you. I've told a lot of people about this particular company and their sequence. But also, I can see how it's saving them money as well as making them sales. It's bringing people back in to buy again. And it's saving on customer service time. It's saving on missed orders. And it's reaching the point where when I get that email saying, leave a review... I'm so much more likely to do it because I feel the connection. So you win on all fronts. It's kind of a no-brainer to me. Yeah, absolutely. And something you just said, it saves customer service time. So this is something I think a lot of us don't really think about. But decreasing customer service inquiries is just as important a KPI as your e-commerce conversion rate is. And I've actually got a friend, she works for a company, an online retailer, and granted, they're huge, right? So they've got, they've got one person doing one job. I don't know what that's like. Never worked in a company that large. (laughs) I've always worn multiple hats. But her one job, one job is to decrease customer service inquiries. So she's looking at the entire experience and saying, okay, what can we do to make this better for the customer so they don't have to ask us questions? That's all she does all day. So it is a really important metric. It's going to save you so much time. Maybe you can have less customer service agents and you're creating a better experience for your customer. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, because let's face it, no customers there going, I hope I have a reason to ring them tomorrow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're just not doing that. Right. Jessica, from the two, the, you know, the various bits you've just been through there, I've got a couple of questions for you, which um, I think maybe some of the audience are currently screaming at their iPhone or whatever it is they're listening on. Yes. The first one is you mentioned um, that the founder email you sent to first-time buyers. So are we aiming to have one post-purchase sequence for repeat buyers and one for first-time buyers? I usually have one series, but I just split it up conditionally. So if you're if you're sitting there, you're looking at your email service provider hopefully you're using Klaviyo. Um, (laughs) When you're in the flow, you have it triggered by when the actual product was um, fulfilled. I like to do fulfilled because I want to give those automated emails a chance to go out like the order confirmation and stuff. So I trigger by fulfillment. And then the I'll say, you know, has this person 
purchased once over all time. If that is true, they're going to get the personal thank you from the founder. And then after that, I'll put everyone back in one flow. You know how you kind of reconnect them and then I'll send them the educational email. So I don't think you have to get super complicated with like a bunch of different flows and all these different splits. You want it to be easy so you can really see the data all in one place. I want to see how my post purchase is performing overall. So I'll put them together. Nice. And then you vaguely touched on my other question, which is something which I think stops a lot of people from creating marketing post-purchase emails is because they're like, well, the customer's getting the order confirmation and they're getting this and they're getting something from the review system and then they're getting something from somewhere else. How do you cope with all the emails that are triggered around this point to a customer and you know, potentially SMS and other things as well? Yeah, for sure. So you have to think about your own internal processes. So when somebody places an order, how long does it typically take you to fulfill it? Right. So you know that the order confirmation is going to go out right away. And then, you know, when you fulfill it, that they're going to get that shipping email. So I would look at what your typical time is, but generally, let's say you ship in, you know, 24 to 48 hours, then I will usually trigger by fulfillment. And then I send the thank you one day later. So this way I know they're getting those other emails and I'm not bombarding them. But the other thing is don't get like too caught up in this. Just get it live. People are it's unlikely they're going to be annoyed by getting more value added emails, right? And then you can adjust it later as you kind of see when they're triggering. You know, if you look at the emails you get from, you know, a, a big retailer, a Macy's, a Saks, uh, an Amazon, a Tesco, when you place the order and you often get two or three within like 30 seconds. Yes, Yes. And does it annoy you? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it doesn't. You're telling me I'm getting my order. You're telling me about the product I just bought and I'm so excited and I can't wait for the box to come because I just love to open boxes, right? There, It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. It will be fine, everyone. And you mentioned, or we, when we were talking about education, you spoke about there was a specific product that had the bad reviews that you realized were user error and you had to do the education. Now, in a business that's selling, I don't know, 100 SKUs, do you have to create one for every single product in the post-purchase sequence? Because not, you know, only some, even if it's your bestseller, it's not everyone who that particular email is going to be relevant to. Right. No, you definitely don't. And you don't even need to have multiple emails depending on what email service provider you're using. So what I like to do is I have one educational email and then I use dynamic content to show them information based on what they purchased. So let's go through a couple examples of this, right? So what I was initially talking about was one individual product. So I essentially had a block of content that only showed to people who purchased that particular product. And then I had some just other general information that would apply to all of my products because they were all pretty similar. So that's one way you can approach it. Maybe you've just got these one or two items that really need a lot of attention. Maybe you break it up by collection. So maybe if you sell clothing, you can do it by dresses or certain types of fabrics that you have. So kind of just think about 
what would you, if you were in a brick and mortar and somebody came and, you know, bought this type of product, what would you tell them when you were checking out, when you're handing them the bag, right? You would tell them, Hey, make sure that you line dry this, or, you know, this is a really sensitive fabric. So be careful with it. So that's the kind of stuff you would tell them. And it might take a little time. You might have to sit down and kind of brainstorm this a little bit, but it's worth the extra effort. But use dynamic content. It is your friend <laughs> and it will save you a lot of time and frustration. And then you don't have to have all these like crazy splits. Yeah. And then you've got like the one generic that goes to everybody. So yeah. everyone's covered. That's exactly. the important thing. And then you just lift out kind of the important stuff yeah the important stuff that's much better than oddities (laughs) well look jessica we've just we've just given people a total masterclass on post-purchase we're going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors and then we're going to talk about the wider world of email marketing success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online leading to surges in new customer acquisition so how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers well that's what clavio is for clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email sms and personalized website experiences and that is what creates repeat purchases that's why clavio the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash masterplan. Okay, Jessica, so far we've gone deep into post-purchase email campaigns. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of email marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with email marketing, which of course does include post-purchase email campaigns. Are you ready? I sure am. Right, let's start with email marketing newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step with email, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? I think there's a big misconception about email. And I think we can sometimes project our own feelings about email onto our customers. And that is oh, I don't like getting emails or I don't want to annoy my customers. I don't want to send too many emails. But here's the thing. If they're on your email list, it's because they raised their hand and said, I want to receive content from you. So if you don't send it to them, because this is like the number one thing I hear people say is they just don't send email because they're afraid But if you don't, you're just doing your customer a disservice and they're going to forget about you. So I want you to release all of your own preconceived notions about email marketing and showing up in the inbox. And remember that it's actually of all your marketing activities has the highest ROI. It's the least expensive to do. And if you're not doing it, you're just like leaving money on the table. So true. It's kind of kind of crazy, isn't it? Like, uh, all, like 10 plus years ago, I remember trying to convince people to do email marketing. And somehow still, still we have to convince them. Anyway, before I start that rant, um, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve email marketing performance? 
So you have to get really comfortable with looking at the data on a regular basis. And so there's a few metrics that you want to look at, and then we can talk about how you actually optimize it, right? And so I want you to look at your open rate. That's pretty obvious. I also want you to look at your click rate, how many people are actually clicking on those calls to action you have in there, and your revenue. When it comes to your open rate, you want to be hitting like a 20% or higher open rate. So if you are at that number, you're good. That doesn't mean you don't continue to test stuff, but know that that's not an issue. And then for your click rate, and this is based on the number of people you sent the email to, you want that to be between two and 4%. And this is where I see most people can make the most improvement. And I want you to focus on getting the click, not necessarily the sale. Because people are not always going to be ready to buy when you send them an email. Sometimes email is just about being top of mind, being in top of the inbox so that when they're ready to buy a product like yours, you are the first person that they think of. And so if you can focus on getting that click and get them to your website and slowly inch them towards the purchase, you've also got them cookied right on your website so you can do retargeting ads and all of that good stuff. So opens is great clicks is better. And when it comes to the revenue piece, really look at it as a whole versus drilling down to every single last email, because not every email needs to be a hard sell. And it doesn't always need to be about making money. Sometimes it's just about nurturing the relationship. Once you kind of get a sense of where your baseline is, what you're averaging out at, then you can start testing. And my favorite way to do that is just good old A-B tests. I focus mostly on the content piece of testing different content inside the email. And you should be able to do this in your email service provider very easily. And if you can't get a new email service provider, because <laughs> <laughs> this is like foundational email testing um, and just start trying new things. Another thing you should really do when you are testing content is test text based emails versus fancy designed emails, because I think we naturally want them to be beautiful and match our branding perfect and all this stuff. But very often you may find that the text-based emails actually perform better. Chloe's face. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I'm just nodding. I have no more words. You've you've said it all there, Jessica. (laughs) Right. Don't turn off people. We are still here. Right. Brilliant advice there to keep optimizing your email marketing. So next up is if someone listening wants to learn more about email marketing, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? So to just not toot my own horn a little bit, but I have a resource library that has a ton of free content about email marketing. And you can get that if you go to ecommercebadassery.com forward slash master plan. And you just sign up. There's a ton of stuff in there. 
even from like, if you're starting from scratch, it's like, hey, here are the six email automations you need. Here's the content that should be in them. Really specific. I love that. And I love the fact that you're practicing what you preach. And there is a specific URL for people listening to this (laughs) podcast so you can track whether it was worth coming on or not. I like that. Email marketer to the core. Okay, so... Yes, that is true. But also when they get to that landing page, right, I'm going to be saying, welcome, keep optimizing listeners, because I want to create a personal experience for my customer. And you guys should be doing the same thing. Nice. It's not just a redirect. It's a whole landing page. Yes. We like it. So uh, can you repeat the URL for us, Jessica? Just so now we've sold it. (laughs) (laughs) Ecommercebadassery.com forward slash master plan. Very nice. Um, And thank you for setting that up for everyone. I like it. Of course. Right. Finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in email marketing? So this kind of depends a little bit of where you're at in your business, but AMP emails, which is accelerated mobile pages, is really starting to become a thing. So that's where you'll see FAQs and videos that play inside the email. I will say if you're a smaller business, don't bother worrying about this because we don't know how it affects your performance or deliverability at this point, or I haven't heard anybody talking about it. So I think what you can focus on even more is everyone is going to be trying to build more of a relationship with their customer because they realize the power of that. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, 2020 brought all e-commerce businesses so many new customers, people who weren't shopping online before or who didn't know you existed, but you happened to be the one that had the product they were looking for, right? Because everyone was just focused on availability. So everyone is trying to retain those customers now. So put on your customer hat, take off your CEO hat, put on your customer hat. What does the customer need? How do they want to feel when they read your emails? How do they want to feel when they interact with your brand and just have conversations with them and create a relationship? This is how you sell. This is how you sell without being salesy as you create relationships with your customers. And email is an amazing, amazing place to do that. So true. So true. I'm going to have, I'm now going to be on a permanent hunt for a decent AMP email case study (laughs) until we find one. I will race you to it, Jessica. I suspect you will win. But um, if I find one, I'll share it. Please do. (laughs) But it's, so it's very cool to hear about that kind of new, exciting stuff. But like you say, for the smaller guys listening, wait to wait until the big boys have spent the money testing it and they tell you what actually works. Yes, exactly. It's like I used to, so I used to live in the snow and I don't anymore. And so we used to always have this commercial where they're in the snow and you've got this car saying, you know, just follow its tracks, right? When you're driving in snow and just stay in those tracks that have already been warmed up and melted down and figured out. Um, And it makes me think of that. Sometimes we have to do the same thing in e-commerce. Let the big guys spend all their money testing. Yeah. And let's just steal it when they get, when they work it out, (laughs) we'll steal that strategy and we will use it to the nth degree. Yep. Right, Jessica, we are pretty much at the end of the show. So could you let the listeners know where they can find you if they want your help? 
For sure. So you can find me at ecommercebadassery.com is my website. And then I also spend most of my time on Instagram at ecommercebadassery. Nice and easy to find. Well, look, Jessica, thanks so much. It is always an, it's always highly entertaining catching up with you. And I cannot ever believe quite how much we managed to fit in to educate the listeners. So thanks for coming on and being so generous and well prepared um, <laughs> to take everyone through post-purchase emails. I really appreciate it. And I know the audience do too. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome, Chloe. Thank you for having me. And I just love chatting e-com with you. Well, there you have it. You now have no excuse not to go and get those post-purchase campaigns done. And Jessica gave gave you loads of tips on exactly how to do that, um, how to trigger it by the fulfilment, uh, worry about those educational pieces, use dynamic content, do that founder letter to to the first time buyers, not to the others, and lots more other goodies in there too. You can get links to what we discussed, plus the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimising.com. And I love what Jessica does so much that she's one of the founder members of our e-commerce master plan crew. What is that? I hear you cry. Well, that's the band of brilliant e-commerce people I've brought on board at e-commerce master plan to provide you with great advice via interviews just like this one and to provide you with a bank of trusted coaches, consultants and agencies that you can use to grow your business. Every single member of the e-commerce master plan crew has been vetted by me to check they're A, a decent person and B, absolutely awesome at what they do. For example, one of Jessica's customers told me that Jessica over-delivered at every turn. She not only took the time to educate me and show me how to do certain things within the Clavio platform, but she also went above and beyond by offering other suggestions and ideas that I could consider to make my vision even better. And I speak to customers of every single one of um, our crew members. So I really do know that they're great at what they do. Now, if you want to find out more about what Jessica and the rest of the crew have to offer for you and how to take the first steps with them, then just head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash crew. And of course, as you guys know, every month we do a Q&A webinar with the guests from our podcast. So to get on to our email marketing webinar, it's time to head over to keepoptimizing.com, click on the Q&A webinar link and get yourself signed up so you don't miss our email marketing webinar at the end of the month. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. We have an amazing lineup ahead for email marketing month. There's five episodes in all, and I've hunted down the best people to cover the key topics. So please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many email marketers as possible to improve the performance of their email marketing. Next week, we're moving up the customer journey and getting into what your welcome campaign looks like. Yes, the emails you send to those who've signed up but haven't yet bought. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimising your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimising at keepoptimising.com. That's with an S, not a Z.